If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Crokey. And I'm Hall Burkhardt. And we've got a special episode for you guys today. Might be a, little, be a bit of a rambly, tangenty episode. Uh, but we're also going to do a couple of important things, a couple of house cleaning things. We're going to announce the first winner for our iTunes reviews giveaway. Ah, shit, I hit the wrong one. I still got to learn the uh, fucking... It's okay. Um, Anytime there's Elden Ring, it's a good thing. So we're going to do that uh, because you guys are awesome and we're already over 20 reviews on the way to 40. Uh, and we're also going to hear from you guys. We're going to uh, do a little bit of community feedback. I've called feedback from iTunes reviews, emails, voicemails, YouTube comments, etc., etc. And uh, we're going to let you guys go- guide the course of discussion. Um, in the second half of the show today. So, real quick, if you want to be featured on the next sort of community feedback episode, send in your voicemails or emails to highpotionpod at gmail.com. Sure, would love to hear from you. Yeah, we want to hear from you guys. Let's let's mix it up. We're not going to do these all the time, but occasionally we'll do these and see what's up. <clears throat> so, buddy. I guess the one thing we wanted to kick this week talking off about is a little bit of a new hardware announcement. Unexpected. Yeah. Came out of nowhere. Left field. Um, so what we're talking about, and, and you know, anybody listening to this probably is at least somewhat aware, is Valve announced their new portable gaming PC, the Valve, the Steam Deck. Steam Deck, yeah. And by the time you're hearing this, if you're keeping up, it'll be it, like two weeks have yeah. gone by or so but uh yeah it looks really cool man like i've been it's so weird like i was literally just thinking about how i could use a handheld in my life that wasn't a nintendo switch yeah it seemed like there was room for one and then boom next day yeah they announce it what's funny so you know it's been interesting we talked about it on the show a couple times about how we were excited about the prospect of a nintendo switch revision lots of rumors out there about what this next switch was going to do 4k you know things of that nature um and then we actually got an announcement and it was the the nintendo switch oled edition it was incredibly whelming 
Yes. It was not overwhelming. And look, I... (laughs) The reaction to it was a little cringy in a lot of places. Mm -hmm. People losing their shit. This is the thing. Nintendo never promised everything. We were all going off of leaks and rumors. If you want my absolute opinion, there is a 4K version of the Switch coming. And it may not even, it may be whatever their next console is. I don't think multiple people hear, you know, these rumors and leaks and stuff for it not to have some sort of basis and truth eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could be waiting for the chip shortage to yeah. resolve. Um, and the other thing is, like, for me, it, like, it's a case by case basis, right? I have a Switch, I have a launch Switch. I primarily play it docked. To the TV. So upgrading to the OLED version doesn't really appeal to me. If I was a, a constant handheld Switch player, yeah, that OLED, OLED screen would be appealing because they're fucking sweet. You know? Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> so I think, you know, if you don't have a Switch, yeah, go with the LED version. If you play primarily handheld, go with the LED version. You know, I, I think that's how you approach it. Sure. But it's nothing to get all upset about. Mm-mm. But uh, yeah, they'll they'll eventually do something. No Nintendo. But. Nintendo always runs a little behind, right? Like think about how during the 360 PS3 Wii era, they were the only non-HD console. Their first HD console was the Wii U, which went over like a fucking wet fart, you know? <laughs> so they always run a little behind. They will get to the, you know, the 4K era. It'll probably, like I said, I think it'll be the switch to or whatever the fuck they call the next thing mm-hmm. and it'll be awesome but uh, i am excited about the steam deck yeah so that's what was interesting is like what a week later after the oled switch was announced valve comes out and announces the steam deck which is a portable gaming pc yeah literally just a handheld gaming pc just like what you said it can be docked to the tv mm-hmm. just like the switch you can hook up a mouse and keyboard um now I'll I'll be honest with you. The other morning when you texted me, you texted our little group chat about it. I looked at it and I was like, that's really cool. I don't think I need one. I was like, it looks really cool though. And then it just got in my brain and I was thinking about it. Right. And then friend of the podcast, Aaron Boyd was messaging me about it. And he was like, uh, this looks kind of neat. Right. And I was like, yeah, it looks kind of neat. Um, and then I watched some videos on it. IGN did a bunch of like hands-ons with it. And then when it hit me, when it really hit me that it would be something I would be into is the concept. So it ships with proprietary. I got that right on the first try. uh, Steam OS, right? That's Linux based. Um, But it's you can totally put whatever software on it. So if you want to put Windows on it, you can. So it could basically be a portable Game Pass machine, Mm -hmm. too. Yeah. PC Game Pass, not to mention Steam, not to mention Origin, not to mention emulators. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, a yeah, lot they're, of potential. They're going to be all about, like, do what you want with this yes. thing. Yes. So I ended up selling myself on it. And yeah, it takes to do that morning. I was like, so are you going to get one of these things? And you're like, yeah, I could, even, I could hear it. <laughs> yeah. <know? laughs> and so I, um, I decide, all right, I'm going to get it. And they do a reservation system. Now, 
they announced it on Thursday. They say, hey, you can re- reserve it tomorrow. So I set my alarm for 12 o'clock our time. And as with anything <sighs> Fuck. With, like this, it was a fucking hassle. Um, I will say, on one hand, I commend them for trying to curtail I agree, scalpers. even though it didn't work. If you go to eBay yeah. right now, there, there are tons of, of them up there. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, they did what they could uh, at this point. I don't know what the correct answer is, but it just sucks, you know. So the concept of a reservation list, I like. Like, you know. I, if, I do too, but can I say something about that as yeah. well? I don't like that they do it at noon our time. Yeah. You know, uh, 1, 1 p.m., which is not lunch hour for the East Coast. No. And they do it in the middle of the week where a lot of people have jobs and they can't, yeah. you know, go fuck with a server going down every yeah. second. You know, we don't have time for that shit. Luckily for me, my wife somehow has a Steam account and was able to reserve me one. Yeah. After half a day of trying. But she didn't, you know, I told her to just try when she had a free second. You know? So, <clears throat> this is the thing. I think, like, one way around scalpers and one way around people wanting these systems and not getting being able to get their hands on them is a reserve list. Mm-hmm. So, if I were able to go on Microsoft's website or Sony's website, put down a deposit and say, Hey, I want to buy a series X or a PlayStation five. You guys let me know when you have one that I can buy and just do it as, you know, on the list, Mm -hmm. go down the list. Um, I think that would be all right. Now, then what would happen is like, if you don't want to wait a few months until your turn is up then, and you want to try to get one in person when they restock somewhere or, fucking pay the scalper premium then that's more on you you know i don't know i'm sure there would be some way that the fucking scalpers would find a way around that anyway Mm -hmm. right but i just feel like there's got to be some sort of solution i do kind of feel like a reserve list of some sort might be the answer but yeah dude so they had this caveat um for the steam deck reservation where you had to have a steam account made before June 20th, 2021, and it had to have at least one purchase on it before June 20th. I've had a Steam account since, uh, for a while, since maybe Half-Life 2 or some shit. Mm-hmm. So I was good there. Um, however, when I went to reserve mine, I clicked the make your reservation and said, sorry, your account is too new to make this reservation. And I was like, the fuck it is. The fuck it is. Yeah, my wife got the same message yeah. the first time she tried so did my buddy aaron same message when he tried that's what i mean it's like if you're gonna do something like this in the middle of a dang work day it should work it should now i got kind of lucky i feel because like i was hitting the res- reservation button and then it was trying to load into the next screen and it would time out and i was like that's fucked up you know but also kind of to be expected given how things have been lately and luckily, what I did is I clicked on the menu button up in the corner where it pulls down your account, and it said I had one item in my cart. And I was like, uh-oh. So I go and click on my cart, and my cart says Steam Deck $5 deposit or something. Cool. So that then I went through the process of trying to check out 10 or 11 times before it finally went through. So they went on sale at 12 our time, and my receipts says 12.15. 
I feel like that's not bad considering oh, yeah. other it's, people's. It's a lot better than how it was for the Xbox and PlayStation. That's for dang sure. A lot <laughs> it better. definitely was. Well, and I'm I'm saying like I feel like a lot of other people weren't getting through until like one. Mm-hmm. You know, like it seemed like I got a little lucky in that regard. So yeah, I'm looking forward to checking it out. Um, I'll be interested to see how if they meet the projected ship dates. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to get yours before mine for sure. I think mine was. Is gonna is projected at like quarter two of next year. Yeah, which is fine. Now I don't know. Um, I tried to look and I don't see an estimate on mine. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that that you got in quickly enough to where yours should be here around first, Christmas. Yeah, we will see. But you know, I've got a gaming PC at this point. It's it's a little long in the tooth, as PC gaming goes. You know. Um. But it's not like I can't play a lot of stuff on it. I like this mainly, like I was saying, a portable Game Pass machine. It also opens up a lot of games that we can play with our PC friends that aren't cross-play for some stupid reason. Or just aren't available on uh, console at all. Right. Like you know? Something like Crusader Kings. Or... Crusader Kings. Um, I would really like to get into StarCraft oh, 2 with God. you. I love StarCraft. Wouldn't that be fucking fun, man? Man, hell do, yeah. Do a little StarCraft. Um, once we're all settled in, I'm just going to prepare you. Just be ready for it. We're going to play Star Wars The Old Republic, the Star Wars <laughs> MMO. We're going to. Okay. We're going to, Steve. <laughs> okay? Maybe that... Oh. So Steve and I are working on this concept, right? This is this was something I want to hear from you guys. We're working on a bit of a competition idea between me and Steve, right? Where the winner gets to pick a game that the loser has to play. So Steve and I compete. Steve wins. He says, all right, you got to play Dark Souls 3. I win, and I got it. But we're both... The the thing is, is we're both going to play it and then talk about the game, right? Um, Maybe I win, and I say, okay, Steve, we're finally going to do it. Final Fantasy VIII or Star Wars The Old Republic, you know? The Old Republic is, is, is might almost be disqualified for that because it's an MMO. Cause it, I mean, you technically play those for like Forever. a thousand hours. I know, but it would be... Buddy, look, man, I don't ask for much in this life. I'm, I'm a pretty humble, nice guy. I like to take care of my friends and family. Steve, there is a Star Wars MMO out there. <laughs> Set in one of my favorite eras of Star Wars, and I've played it quite a bit solo. I have never played Star Wars The Old Republic with friends. Do you remember how happy we were playing Final Fantasy fourteen? The good times that were had? <laughs> Following that kid-looking dude with a tiny tie tiny halfway tie. around the damn world. <laughs> oh, So I'm just saying think about it. I'm not saying day one you get your Steam Deck in the hand. And we start installing the old republic, but just keep it in mind. Just I will keep it in mind. I will. Um. So yeah, I'm. Uh, there's also a lot of sort of JRPGs that just aren't available on consoles. Like, it's my dream to get into into those Trails games, Trails of Cold Cold Steel. Yeah, and then tra- the first three are Trails in the Sky or something like that. You could get those on like PSP or PS Vita, but they're all on Steam too. So that that's appealing to me. And uh 
I'll be, I am going to be 100% honest with you. The minute that thing's out of the package, I'm going to spend hundreds of dollars on untranslated Japanese porn games. <laughs> you and me both. Fuck, suck, and eat butt. <laughs> Buddy. Waifu uh, simulator. There will, be, <laughs> there will be no playing that on a plane. <laughs> I'll be showing up on TikTok or World Star or something. They'd be like... Damn, Mick Foley's down bad, y'all. Look at him. Pervert on a plane. Pervert on a plane. <laughs> yeah, that'll be the YouTube video. I'll finally make it viral. It's me playing a porn game on a plane. I'm just joking. <laughs> I just thought it was funny because there's a ton of untranslated Japanese porn games. Yeah, it's games. the Wild West out there. Sheesh, it is. You really could get anything. It's like it's like the Silk Road back in the early 2010s when people were buying weed with Bitcoin. Oh, man. So, Steve has a little something he wanted, a little spice he brought, wanted to bring to the table, a little bit of a segment he wanted to start. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah, my wife has started asking me questions about video games a little more now that she knows I'm doing a podcast about it. Mm-hmm. And so, we, we've been uh, playing through The Last of Us, like the first one. Oh, she watches me play it. And, yeah, you know, we take it real slow. And uh, she asked me the other day, and I told her I would ask you because you might know, but... Has there ever been any uh, accurate bathroom, using the bathroom mechanics in a game? Like where you hit yes. the button to pee or poop? Yeah. The South Park games. The South Park games. There you can you go. poop in the South Park games. In fact, in the second South Park game, there's an achievement for pooping in every toilet in town. And you jump on the <laughs> toilet and there's like a little mini game where you got to move the sticks and like squeeze out a turd. Of course it's South Park. Of course it's South Park. <laughs> I, immediately I knew one though. And I'm try- there's probably more. Uh, right. The Sims. There you go. You got to make your Sims go pee pee and poo poo. <laughs> Sometimes you don't, and they'll just shit all over the floor. I'm kind of surprised she didn't know that, because I feel like she might have played The Sims back in the day, but maybe an early version. Did they always have to do that in The Sims, or was that I, like... I think that was day one you had to pee pee and poo The poo-poo. Sims one. Yeah. <laughs> the Sims. Fucking from Maxis, sitting at my fucking compact presario, making these little digital people shit their pants. <laughs> Starved like, to death in a closet. I, I think The Sims is neat. I've played quite a bit of like The Sims and The Sims 2. Never really got into 3. Um, Jessie is a big Sims person. That's one of her favorite franchises. But what I think is funny about the fucking Sims is sometimes it for people it turns into a bit of a fucking serial killer yeah, simulator. It's, it's kind of like how can I torture these digital people? Right. Like can we get all our like seven or eight Sims in the pool and then have one guy run in with a toaster or something? <laughs> well, no, listen to this. It's even more devious. It's like this weird fucking God simulator, right? Where I don't want to say names. It's not Jesse, but someone in Jesse's sphere, also a big Sims fan, and told me about how what she liked to do when she used to play the Sims was if there was a Sim she didn't like, she would wait until they went into a room and then go into the editor and remove the door from the room. <laughs> so they're just trapped into this room and they fucking starved to death. Was that was is there's an Edgar Allan Poe story like <laughs> she, where they where he, like bricks the guy in. Yeah. Yeah, and then what would happen is the sim would die in your house, then your house would be haunted. <laughs> like there would be a ghost sim that would wander the house and or what they will do is like wait till they get in the pool. And then remove the ladder so there's no way for them to get out. 
That's fucking deep. I'm telling you. It's a bit of a serial killer simulator, The yeah, Sims. It's pretty creepy. <clears throat> um, I'm trying to think if there's any other games where you got to poop and pee. You know somebody's listening right now and they're like, I, how? How dare you forget? <laughs> yeah, because like, as far as I know, even in like the survival games, you don't have to do it. Like the long dark. So uh, which one was it that I fucked around with? Ark. Mm-hmm. I don't think I had to hit a button to poop. I think my dude just did it on his own. Okay. Because Ark is one of those games where you just spawn in and you're fucking butt-ass naked. And you got like digital meat swinging and shit. And I remember walking around and turning around. And I was like, why is there a poop on the ground? Where did that come from? There's no animals around. And I was like, wait a second. Was that my poop? Did my dude just poop? I'm pretty sure that was Ark. Awesome. Yeah, the, the dicks and games have gotten like a lot of attention lately with Cyberpunk and, oh, and Conan. And... You know what's funny? I don't know if it's allowed. Like, so... You know that game, uh, A Way Out? It's the, I haven't played it, but yes, I'm aware. It's, it's that co-op game mm-hmm. where you're the two dudes escaping from prison. I've heard good things. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, Jeff and I played it one time on my stream. been a couple of years ago. Um, And I don't know if you can get in trouble for this, but like one of the opening scenes is the dude getting checked into prison and full-on digital dong <laughs> on display. And I was like, well... I mean, I'm glad this is a small Twitch stream because otherwise, I don't know, I don't know how they handle that sort of thing. Can you just show digital dick on Twitch and they're like, it's okay? Yeah, it's not the real thing, I guess. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll be bringing more questions from her as we podcast throughout yes, the years. So. I want to hear. I like these. I like this idea. <clears throat> All right. Um. So you want to pick a winner? Yeah, let's okay. do it. So. Right now on our iTunes reviews, I think we're sitting at, yeah, 22. And I've gone in and assigned a number to everybody who submitted a review. And I'm just going to do a quick random number generator, 1 through 22. And we'll see who wins. My God, it's like you're a hacker or something. This is crazy. Random number generator? So... The winner is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Number ten is Red Fox M eighteen. Congratulations! You just won a twenty dollar gift card to your digital storefront of choice. I think I follow them on Twitter, so I'm gonna message you, um, and we'll figure out what you want. If you don't get a message from me, and I'm wrong about who you are. Uh, contact us and we'll get you your prize. So we're at 22. That means all we need is 18 more and we're giving away another way. I've gone 22 minutes without fucking up and stumbling over my words. It's pretty good. And then, so anyways, 18 more reviews. We're giving another gift card away because we don't mind buying your love, guys. Come on. Rate us five-star on iTunes. Make sure in your review, you leave some way for us to know who you are. So if you win, we can get you your prize. 
Yeah, and thanks to the people who have been leaving reviews. <coughs> really appreciate that. We really appreciate it, guys. You guys are the best. <coughs> All right. So, do you want to get to the feedback portion? Yeah, I do. All right, so what we're going to do is we're going to kick it off. I believe the first we got was a YouTube comment um, from when I posted our uh, that little trailer I made to promote the show. I posted it on the Blue Harvest YouTube channel. Um, let me see. Sheesh. Good well, stuff. Brought that burp brought to you by Diet Dr. Pepper. <laughs> brought to you by Diet Dr. Pepper. All right. This is from Sevener Man. Uh, he says, no doubt this will be just as great as Blue Harvest. May this proud camper politely demand an episode on the very first Call of Duty. Now, I don't know that we can do a whole episode on the very first Call of Duty. I have experience with it, but I figured we could roll that into this, right? No, he, he, he's... If you're talking about the original Call of Duty, you're talking about the PC World yes. War II one, right? I would assume that's what yeah. he means. The one that came out, you know I have this hidden talent. I think it came out 2002 or three. It's, I think it, 2003. That sounds, that sounds right to me. Look at it on your let's phone. Let's find out. Yeah. <clears throat> we just go to, so if that's the one, I, when I hear someone say the original Call of Duty, I feel like it means one of two things, right? It either means the very original one that I said, talking about coming out in the original or in the early 2000s, or what I feel like was a lot of people's first experience with the Call of Duty series, which was Modern Warfare. 2003. 2003. I knew it. So you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. that's what I feel like when somebody says the first Call of Duty they either mean the OG, very original, or modern Call of Duty Warfare. 3, Modern Warfare. Right. But I, I played a lot of the original Call of Duty back then. Yeah. See, when that came out, I was living in a townhouse with um, these two brothers. I was in college at Mississippi State. And there was a bit of uh, piracy <laughs> going on in this apartment, this townhouse with uh, new release games. You know? Broke college student, something's really got to be important to get that 50 bucks from you. For me, that would be like the second Knights of the Old Republic game came out while I lived there. Yeah, I bought that. But other games, there might be a little pirating going on. And uh, the original Call of Duty was definitely one of of those games. My roommate downloaded it and shared it on the network. And my two roommates I lived with were brothers, right, who fought all the fucking time and we would literally set up we wouldn't play a lot online against other people it would just be the three of us <laughs> fighting each other mm-hmm. and they would be yelling back and forth from their rooms upstairs in the townhouse being like no fuck you no fuck you i'm gonna tell mom that you don't turn all the lights off and you drive up our power bill <laughs> goodness um but I remember having fun with it. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, this was back in the time when you were kind of getting... There was another series called Medal of Honor. Yes. Which also had a take on it. But I felt like Call of Duty was the superior game. Like yeah. the, the, the engine that ran it was a little a little tighter, a little more, little more fluid, I felt like. I even feel like maybe Call of Duty, the original, might have been run on some version of ID tech. Could be. I think. Um, I remember... I played it a lot with Berkeley. 
another friend of ours uh and nick who mm -hmm. frequently talk about we used to play it online a lot and uh the online versions of those games were hilarious because there were levels where it was just like a meat grinder like, uh -huh. where like you would get killed a, a hundred times but you would also kill like a hundred people yeah you know <laughs> so it's kind of fun it was definitely early on in the idea of developing these online maps like you know they kind of got that shit down to a science now mm -hmm. but back then you could get some weird maps definitely um i remember i want to say that's the first game i don't know if it was the first game that ever did it but it was the first game that i recall having two things one would be the the iron sights feature mm -hmm. pushing mm -hmm. the button to look down the sights of your gun and shoot i think that they might you're right i think they might have been one of the first ones to do that yeah it's the first time i remember recall like cuz you know First person shooters before then were kind of run and gun. You just move and shoot the gun, right? right. Mm -hmm. um, and the other thing was more of like a um, graphical audio presentation. It's the first game I ever remember playing where if a grenade went off close to you but didn't kill you, it would do that effect where the screen goes blurry and it sounds like your ears are ringing. Mm -hmm, you know what I mm -hmm. mean? Yeah, totally. I, I feel like those are both the first times I ever... Um, and, you know, both of those things are in every fucking shooter game now, you know? Yeah, they're just taken for granted that they're going to be there. <laughs> yeah, but I, I kind of feel like that's the first time I remember encountering either of those. But, but I am looking it up, but it's taken a minute. But, uh, yeah, I, I really did enjoy them. A lot of those games at the time were so inspired by, like, saving private ryan and mm -hmm. band of brothers and they all yeah. had the let's storm the beach you know yeah come, coming and out of the boat so i want to say there were three different sections to the campaign there was like an american um an english and a, a soviet section to the campaign in the first call of duty um other than that i don't remember much about them according to this uh the first game to include an iron sight mechanic for the aim down sights function was hidden and dangerous which came out in 99 oh which was four years earlier mm -hmm. then another one world war ii battleground europe which was 2001 operation flashpoint cold war crisis in america's army from 2001 and then they do mention call of duty from 2003 so i'll have so i ne have never played either of any Me of those either. other games yeah. so call of duty would have been the first time i yeah, encountered it's, it's it the first one i saw yeah so. I remember that felt revolutionary at the time. Like, this is weird. I'm going to have to get used to this. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, I remember, oh, and it's so natural now, right? Isn't that weird? Mm -hmm. Like, how natural it is, like, when you play a, a shooter that you just immediately, like, if you're playing on a controller, you hit the one shoulder button to pull the gun up, and you hit the other shoulder button to shoot yeah they're just designed so much better now it's like we're talking yeah. about you know we're so excited about the new battlefield which comes out in a couple of months because it's going to include crossplay, so we can play with our pc buddies and at first i was worried about you know getting wrecked by the mouse and keyboard guys but i think you know at this point we'll be able to hang just because the aim assist and well you know uh, using the controller for i think it'll be fine 20 years now I, i'm gonna tell you guys ahead of time like I'm not the best at Battlefield. So, you It'll know, fine. it's going to be fine. But don't be expecting me to show up in there like John J. Rambo and <laughs> saving the day, you know? Nah, man. No, nah, you need me to get you off a hook and take a hit from a killer for you? I got your back. I'm your dude. I'm not a bragging person. I don't like <laughs> to brag on my skills. 
but I'm a good dead by daylight killer. You are, but it, you're definitely better than the group. You're consistently number one in scores. You're you've got a, a legit respectable ranking, unlike the rest of us. I, I there are very few games where I feel like I can say I'm I'm good at that, like or I'm really good at that. Meaning, like I'm good at Street Fighter. I am not really good at Street Fighter. I feel you like I'm I mean? really good, but I'm not like. You're really good at fighting games, period. Like, you pick up on a fighting game really quickly. Yeah, but Street Fighter, I feel like, has always been my best. And Same here. But the thing is, like, I'm nowhere near as good as, like, the up... There's, like, a like two or three tiers above me. Yeah, but, you know buddy, I mean? that would be, like, me being, like, um, I'm not as good at basketball as <laughs> Vladi Divac. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. You yeah. know, like... I. I absolutely don't have confidence in my ability to win at high levels with it but i would love to try sometime just don't ever yeah i would i would go sign up for a fighting game tournament just for the experience of it you yeah know? i'd be the only motherfucker there with like a pad yeah instead of using <laughs> being on the live stream and i'm all fat and nervous and stuff and i'm like they're like he's using cami okay okay and then they'd be like, we have never seen so many spiral arrows <laughs> thrown in succession. And only three or four hit. Man, if you hit three or four spiral arrows, you're in pretty good shape. Actually. That's true. That's true. <clears throat> um, you know, when, when I was living in that townhouse, the other thing. So we played a, a good bit of Call of Duty. We played the Halo, original Halo PC demo, which was multiplayer on Blood Gulch. That was my first experience ever playing Halo. Um, That's really cool. And I was terrible at it. And like, <laughs> so like, I played games, one of the other roommates played games, and then the youngest guy in the house, who was like two years younger than us or whatever, um, he never played video games. He was more of like a, I'm a good old boy type, right? But we would occasionally get him to play one of these games with us. And he would get so mad at his brother fucking getting the invisible superpower like you know what i mean the power pickup in uh -huh. halo and then sniping us <laughs> like i i was like i'm gonna wake up in the morning in a crime scene it's gonna be the first 48 starkville <laughs> in this place uh brothers Ooh. um and the other thing we played that was also my first experience we we're talking about this game uh series earlier Battlefield. That was my first experience with Battlefield. Mm -hmm. And in Battlefield, I remember us just more fucking around. Which Battlefield? 1942. Okay, so the, the yeah. OG stuff. Yeah. Um, so I remember I would get in a plane, and then the two of them would get in prone position on, on the, the wings. wings. Yeah. And then you would try to take off as steadily as possible and not tilt the wings to throw one of them off. And they would try to snipe people from the air. It was shenanigans. You can still do that shit in Battlefield. That's why oh. I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to try in the new one when it comes out. I can't pilot shit. Don't ever ask me to I pilot wanna, anything. That's what I want to fucking sit down and master the vehicles. Because you know Please that's do. one of my favorite there's, aspects of the Battlefield game. There's going to be like a class for that too, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. Okay. So the next bit of sort of request slash feedback we got was actually in a review um and somebody said this is from j myth who left their review on june 30th 2021 the subject line of the review is needs more ea content but otherwise perfect keep cranking them out so 
this is so fucking broad, J-Myth. He's the man, the myth, the legend, J-Myth. What do you mean you need more EA content? What what aspect of EA content are you looking for? Yeah, they touch just about what a third, two-thirds of all video games. Like, does he mean he wants to hear us talk about... So when I hear just EA, and maybe this is just me. So, like, you know, if I were to say to somebody that had a video game podcast, I want to hear you talk more about Bioware and their video games. I wouldn't say, hey, talk about EA games, right? Mm -hmm. I would say, hey, I'd like to hear you talk about Bioware. Or the same thing can be said for any of the other studios under EA. So when someone says just EA, for some reason it makes me think more EA sports games. Right? Mm -hmm. Maybe so. I can talk about some Madden. Well, so... I um I've definitely played my fair share of EA sports games. I feel like at a certain point sports games in general uh bypassed my abilities, my playing abilities. <laughs> you like shit like NBA Jam and stuff like that, right? Well, I like that, but you know on the back in the day on the Genesis, I played a lot of Madden and I played a lot of NHL hockey, a lot. A lot a lot. Like, I would take, you know, I would do the career mode in Madden and win the Super Bowl and then, you know, do seasons and shit. Definitely played a lot of uh, NBA Jam and stuff, too. But, like, I would play the actual sports sort of sim games, if you will. Like, uh, and then in the Dreamcast era, I played a lot of 2K football. I know that's not EA, but... No, I love the 2K football. <laughs> yeah. I, I felt like it was superior to Madden, honestly, back then. Yeah. Um, they had been allowed to keep the license or, you know, using the license. Yeah. I'd love to see what would happen. They need that competition. I, I'm serious. It yeah. sucks they haven't, you know, I kind of think it sucks that they have the express use of that license. I think sole so, use too. Of it. Competition is good for them. Now, the thing about the 2K sports is, you know, as they've gotten bigger and stuff with their basketball, especially, you know, their big one is the 2K, NBA 2K, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, I mean, I guess this is all sports games now, but they really started leaning heavy into Oof, the yeah. microtransactions and stuff. I hate shit like that. Was... And I feel like that, once again, I'm probably not giving it, it its correct game, but the I feel like that all goes back to FIFA. Mm -hmm. I feel like FIFA is really what kicked off that whole ultimate yeah, team. The, the FIFA implementation of it was better. And then I feel like other people copied that, you know? Yeah, like, you know, it. you could play FIFA Ultimate Team and not spend any money. Right. You know, but, like, it was just a whole lot easier if you bought the card packs. Yeah. You know, and... And, you know, as their football games have progressed, I feel like I can pick up a new Madden and still play pretty well. Mm -hmm. You know, I might not have all the fancy shit down, but I can play serviceably. Right. Those 2K basketball games, I can't. Like, I want to be tough. so good at them. Because basketball is my preferred sport, mm -hmm. video game sport. I love video game basketball. Um, I loved it back in the day, too. You know, from playing shits like, like early basketball games on the NES, NBA Jam. I got really into college basketball games in, like, the PlayStation 3 era. Like, that was one of the first games I got on my PS3, and you could play four-player on it. And me, Jeff, 
Will Witten and Goose Payne would play two-on-two college basketball where two people were on one team and Goose would always play Florida and I would always play fucking Mississippi State, you know, Uh, and had a lot of fun with it. As those games have progressed and we get into like the modern 2K era, I'm not good at them and I tried and I want to be good. I want to be playing my dude Vladi Divac and fucking bringing it home, right? (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm no good at the basketball games, honestly, either. I much prefer playing FIFA. That's my top yeah. of the sports games. And then, you know, Madden, I guess. But, um, yeah, it's just there's not a lot of other sports games made by other companies. So, you know, yeah. when we talk about sports games, more than likely we're going to be talking about <laughs> EA. Yeah, and J-Myth, for the, for the record, if you left that comment and you didn't want us to talk about EA sports games, and I got that wrong, Email us at highpotionpod at gmail.com and we'll cover whatever EA you're wanting to talk Maybe about. Maybe he's here. talking about early EA games like Marble Madness. Oh, that could. Chuck, yeah. Chuck Yeager's Advanced Flight Simulator. You know what's funny? Chuck Earl, Earl Weaver Baseball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what my favorite um, EA game was? It was um, Dan, Sh- Dan Jenkins. Fuck, suck, and eat butt. That was a good game. Um, Dan, Dan Jenkins. Um, <laughs> that, it's, it's weird um, thinking about EA in that regard. Because mm-hmm. growing up with, with my dad having a little-ass Tandy computer that he got from yep. Radio Shack. We had one of those, too. I played some fucking early EA games. Yeah, yeah they, they did Skate or Die. Yeah. You know, those early EA games. I played a lot of them. Yeah, and it's crazy to think about the mega monolith that mm-hmm. they are now. Yep. To the point where they buy up these well-regarded studios, and they're like, "You uh, better not fuck up, because uh, if you fuck up, you're gone." Yeah, I mean, think about it. They they have the rights to basically all the big sports leagues, except in well, they can't. They have not the, baseball, yeah, you know. and they have the ability to make NBA games, but at this point, they seem to not even try. They yeah, they, they they just know they just bailed out of that market. Yeah, mm-hmm. but they are bringing back college football, and uh, th- I wanted to talk about this. I don't care. I'm getting it. I'm getting it <laughs> I'm too. Gonna get That's, so into that when they stopped making the NCAA games, the college football games. That was I stopped getting them. Yeah, like that. The last EA football game I probably bought was you know, an NCAA game. And I remember vividly one of the first times I earned Steve's respect as a video gamer. Is that over at his, um, his apartment when you lived on the first floor yep. where we almost got, where you almost got robbed for your sunglasses. <laughs> we'll tell that story in a second. Um, anyways, we're sitting there and we're playing NCAA Steve, of course, Alabama, me, Mississippi state. And I am getting, doo-doo stomped right <laughs> doo-doo stomped steve's it's like 78 to 3 or some shit <laughs> so steve gets me it's fourth and 32 right i'm so it's time for me to punt and steve i see him side eye me and he looks over at me and i just do a regular punt and steve goes i was wondering what you were gonna do i was wondering if you were gonna fuck around and do a a fake punt but 
you didn't and i respect that that was early in the game yeah so it was still com- it was still competitive but like this is the thing like i played so many people in football games you could tell like the people who didn't really watch football and they just went for it on fourth and whatever <laughs> on their own five yard line or yeah so i always hated that and people didn't punt but man i i remember shenanigans being afoot back in the day playing just against fucking berserkers <laughs> you have some dude come over your friend would come over and play madden or 2k football and yet like he just calls bombs every play. Yeah, Hail Mary's every play. And it's just a matter of uh, statistics at that point. He's going to make a certain amount of them. You right, know what if I mean? he picks a good enough team yep. with a good wide receiver. Just Hail Mary. First and ten, Hail Mary. Touchdown! <laughs> Touchdown. Two-point conversions every time. You know what I mean? Second and eight, fake punt. What the fuck? <laughs> fake punt on second and eight? What are you doing here? How do you play defense against that? Uh, yeah, it's tough. So the, the people, they they bank on the confusion, I think. They sure do. <laughs> All right. So let's do, you want to do a couple. We got two me- emails and we got a voicemail. Yeah, let's do them. Oh, you want to tell the story about the time you almost got robbed? <laughs> we, we almost got robbed. Yeah, we were hanging out outside smoking cigarettes, smoking butts. Smoking and, uh, butts. <laughs> I was hanging out with my buddy Steven smoking butts. <laughs> smoking butts just out on the street and. These two kids walked by, uh, younger kids, and they were, they were like nice sunglasses. And I was like, "Oh, thanks, man! I got them uh, like for ten bucks at the mall." And he goes, "Free from you." <laughs> and I wasn't sure what to say, but luckily they would just walked off. Uh, buddy, do you remember like? Because I, I would sort of just moved to Birmingham, right? Mm-hmm. Fresh young face in the big city. <laughs> lived in two places before columbus mississippi and starkville mississippi hardly metropolitan areas right right i i was like this is the day i die <laughs> no nah, man no I'm just <laughs> this is the day i die <laughs> free from you uh, all right this is from neil hey halls and greetings steve I was always wondering if you would ever make a podcast based on video games, Halls, and lo and behold comes High Potion. I share my love of Star Wars and video games with you guys and wish you the best with the podcast. Hmm? Question though, have you guys tried any indie deck building rogue likes like Monster Train or Star Renegade? And what do you think? I'm a huge Monster Train fan and hope some of the other, other listeners are as well. Your friend in the pixelated force, Neil. I'll take this one. Yeah, I think... <laughs> when I when I got this email, <laughs> I was like, "This is a Steve email, definitely. <laughs> this is where I die." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I love those kind of games. I like. I'm, I think I mentioned Slay the Spire before on the podcast, and uh, that's that's a favorite game of mine. I have that on both Xbox and PlayStation, and yeah, if I could get it on. I think I can get it on my phone. I don't know why I don't have it, but it, it's it's awesome. I love that game. My wife, that's all she plays. And I've played a lot of Monster Train, too. It's fun. You know, uh, uh, deck builder games are where you start with, like, a basic deck with, like, five yeah, it's all basic card attack based. cards and five yeah. basic defend cards. And as you go throughout, you use those cards to kill your enemies. And when you win, you get more cards to add to your deck that are better. Your deck keeps getting stronger and stronger as you progress throughout the game. And then you fight a boss with your deck, you know. But they're really fun and addictive. Um, you know, you play Magic. Uh, a lot of them are somewhat... Like, Slay the Spire has some Magic influence to it. 
but uh, Monster Train is is definitely a little different. It's got like a three story mm-hmm. um, train that you have to defend all the floors from the enemies that are trying to get on your train. So there was one I wanted to try out that was kind of anime themed. Neoverse is that what it's called? Yeah, I haven't tried that one. Um, I think that is that's on Game Star Pass. Star Renegade sounds kind of cool. Yeah, I don't know that one either. That sounds like a fucking sci fi one. Mm-hmm. Now. It's not that I'm against these games, but I have a bit of a revelation here. I have discovered throughout the years that I am maybe not the best <laughs> at deck building games in general. And this became way evident most recently when, like you said, I got way into Magic the Gathering again and started playing a lot of Magic the Gathering Arena online. And... I'm not going to lie. I went into it like kind of like a jerk because mm-hmm. Jesse got into it. And I was like, ha! <laughs> you ain't never played a game of magic in your life. And I used to be the weird kid at the Christian school that brought his deck of magic cards and got sideways looks. <laughs> I was like, finally, I'm going to be able to win against a, a game against Jesse. Did you have your cards and sleeves back then? Oh, yeah. Doing that little side shuffle where you put, just pack them in right the back hard in. plastic case that was like a, it went, you know what I'm talking oh, about? It yeah. went, I had one of those too. Yep. Loved it. Um, and Jesse and I have probably played 20 to 30 games of Magic against each other, and I've won twice. I was going to say, she's got to be like 29 and 1. And yeah, I, I've won twice. <laughs> And and this is me trying, dude. I'm I'm talking about sitting there looking at these digital cards and crafting decks and being like, I got it. Well, see, that's that's the the good thing about these other games is that there's no you don't have to spend time building your deck because they're basically the choices are made. It's like when you win, you get a choice of three cards and that's right. it. And the next time you play, it's completely different. Well, so I enjoy that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. like. Obviously, I got way into Gwent in The Witcher 3. Gwent Once again, really it's different, fun. but it's a deck-based right. build a deck, and it's it's an additional game to the rest. Way into Gwent. I got into some of the Final Fantasy card games like that are in the actual games quite a bit, too. But I still don't feel like I'm great at them. Right. The, the benefit of the like the card games in Final Fantasy or Gwent is if I lose... I reload the save and play that dude again and over and over again until I beat him. This is where I die. Um, That's the good thing about these games is they know you're not going to win for a while. So you just get experience points and that unlocks more cards that you can, that are become available in the pool to give mm-hmm. to you throughout the game. And those are, those are good cards and you eventually unlock stronger and stronger ones. So they like there's rarity levels. And so when we were playing magic, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would play against people online because that's sort of the the whole point of uh, Magic the Gathering Arena. You play against other people online. And I would get wins. I had a pretty good win ratio. But, you know, if I beat a guy, I might pull off a big move. And at the end, he's sitting at a, a negative seven health. This one time, Jessie turned her laptop to show it to me. And the dude she just beat was... Negative 256 life. Wow. Like, I, I want to start being her Magic the Gathering uh, manager and start <laughs> making her go play in tournaments and shit. Go pro. Yeah. Nice. And I'll be like her, you know, her road manager, her assistant. Yeah, you'll I'll be like, like, all right, I'm going to go get you Starbucks. You negotiate her yeah. fees and yeah. stuff. Yeah. 
But Ooh. don't worry, Neil. I'm going to get him to try some of those style games soon. I'll, I'll make that happen. But they're they're very good. I would recommend them to anybody. Uh, such a fantastic time sink. I want to check out Star Renegades, but that sounds like something I might have to wait for my Steam, Steam Deck, deck for. for. <laughs> there is a... There's one called that I've heard somebody on another podcast talk about called Griftlands, maybe? I haven't played that one either. That sounded kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of those deck games. But I don't know. FTL is another one that I've heard mentioned in that same kind of space in a PC, uh, PC one. Cool. Yeah, I don't know. And then, you know, on the other side of that, there's weird games that work. You see this in JRPGs. There's these weird JRPGs that work card combat into their turn-based combat. So a good example of that would be, um, I can't remember which one it is, but there's a a Kingdom Hearts game, one of the spinoffs, where the way the combat works is you have cards and you have to use your cards to make your dude attack and stuff. And I could never get into that. Like That is just a, a genre of JRPG combat that I can't wrap my head around right all right <laughs> next up now this one this one is from my good buddy chris fresh oh, chris fresh what up of the geek dudes podcast where uh, i was just a guest on their late well by the time this comes out it's i think it'll still be their latest episode but look for it yeah it's i'm looking time. forward to listening to that i will have listened to it by the time you hear this <laughs> he says Hey, Halls and Steve Cobra, if that is your real last name. I was just curious if either of you owned what you would consider a bit of a more obscure console. Always wished I had an Atari Jaguar, a Nomad, a Sega Wonder Mega, and I thought the 3DO was the future like Echo Brain. I did have a family member bring me back from vacation an Aronics which I would later learn was what was known as a Famiclone. It was a bootleg Famiclone.com slash NES. I will one day get a Virtual Boy for shits and giggles, and it'll be a sweet d- display piece. Uh, P.S. Fuck Rockabillies. Chris Fresh. Also, <laughs> not my real last name. Awesome. He is fa- He and the Geek Dudes were fascinated about my dislike of Rockabillies. Nice, nice. Yeah, those guys are really funny. Yeah. Um, I Twitter stalked him a little bit just because I desperately want to talk wrestling like <laughs> late 80s, early 90s WCW and you know mid to late WWF stuff. So I don't know that I have had one. Do you do you, do you have anything that comes uh, yeah, to mind? Yeah, I think so. And I wonder what Wonder Mega. He mentioned that. Was that the a Mega Se- Drive? A Sega maybe? Wonder Mega. No, I don't, I don't know what so. the Wonder Mega was, but I've heard of most of the other stuff. Um we had an Atari Lynx growing up. Do you remember oh, the Atari Lynx? Yeah, I never had one. We had one of those, and I thought it was cool. Uh, it was a handheld answer to the Game Boy. And I remember when we got it, I was kind of bummed because I wanted a Game Boy. Because that's what all the all the kids were yeah. playing. But instead, my parents got us this really nice, full-color other handheld, and I was acting like it was a piece of shit. But it was actually really, really cool. They had a Rygar on there that was, was awesome. But I, I never could really afford my own system. And like those Atari Jaguars and 3DOs way, were way expensive. too expensive for me as a kid. But there's a, a bar uh, venue around here called Saturn, if you're ever in town. And they do a vintage video game night. And they have all those systems. Oh, really? Like all of them. If any, any system you can think of, they've got it there for those nights. So, you know, I it's weird how much 
I loved video games, but didn't realize what else was out there when I was a kid, right? Because during the height of the NES, I didn't know anybody who had a Sega Master System. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't know too many people this, those either. This dude, Scott, that I used to go to, like, we had the same babysitter. I remember him telling me, I was telling him about Rambo. We talked about this in the last episode. Telling him about Rambo on the NES. And he was like, well, I've got a Sega and the version of Rambo on that is way better. And I was like, what is a, what is a Sega? <laughs> There's other video game devices out there. And it was fascinating. And I don't know if that was a mas- uh, master system or if that by that time he would have had an early Genesis. I don't know. I just remember that was the first time I ever heard, oh, there's this other thing out Something there called Sega. Nintendo, yeah. I've never in my entire life known someone that's owned a fucking TurboGrafx-16. Yeah, I, I knew a guy who owned a Neo Geo Whoa. back in the day. It couldn't, of course, Did he his shit in a was fucking gold toilet? Yeah. Oh, my God. I can't remember how much those systems were. A they lot. were expensive, but the games were like 200 bucks a piece. Yes. Ridiculous. But you were basically talking about perfect ar- arcade ports in your home. Yeah, true. You know? in, in like the early 90s, yes. early to mid 90s. So I remember seeing a commercial, I think it was a commercial for the TurboGrafx-16 back in the day, because it was bonk in bonk, the commercial, yep. and being like, what is this? I but not realizing until way later. And, you know, I was a big fan of the Splatterhouse games. I was going to say that, that on, had one on, the, on that system. The, that's the only way, way you could play the first one. I always wondered when I was a kid why there was Splatterhouse 2 and 3, but no original one. Didn't realize it was on the Turbo. And I think it was an arcade game as well. But. Did you ever emulate it? Absolutely. <laughs> so... um I never had a Turbo Graphics, which I don't know. I would consider to be, yeah, I would. a more obscure definitely. console. I definitely would. And, it, and I've, I think they're real fascinating, just because I don't know much about them and haven't never had one, never seen one in person. And you know, they work off the little cards. Mm-hmm. That's the format they used for the games. Um, but I've looked into them because I'm, you know, if I really wanted a Turbo Graphics, I could go get a Turbo Graphics. It's not like they're stupid. Pro- it's not like I, if I wanted to get into, like you said, uh, Neo Geo collecting. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I could swing Neo Geo Ooh, collecting. Sheesh. Uh, <laughs> not, <laughs> not just yet. <laughs> not, not on that. Not on that. Um, but uh, I've looked at the game list. And like, you know, like we said, Splatterhouse is on there. And there seems to be some cool stuff. But primarily shoot 'em up games, you know, like vertical and horizontal shooter games, and I'm terrible at those. Yeah, I'm not great at it. And them it either. seems like, and I could be wrong, but it seems like the reason so many people do like the Turbo Graphics is the wide range of those type of games that's on there. So you know, and I'm an RPG guy. There's not a lot, you know. I think maybe the first two in that Ease series mm-hmm. are on there. I think I could probably find a way to play those on just about anything at this point, though. I guess you wouldn't consider the Sega CD like obscure. Obscure, yeah. I feel like that, around the time they had all those weird like Sega CD, the 32X. You remember that? Oh yeah, I have a 32X story that I told on the Geek Dudes this week. <laughs> nice. So, um, like, okay, did you have a Sega CD? I had a friend who lived three houses down who did, so oh. I played a lot of him. Played Lunar. Oh, on that for the first time i was so jealous of people that had the sega cd and this was before i was into rpgs that's the thing 
like if I were to spend the money to get the vintage system, I might go with a Sega CD or even a Sega Saturn. Now you want to talk expensive. The games I want to play on Sega CD and Sega Saturn, the hard to find. Oh, Sega Saturn was a great system too. <laughs> the the hard to find shit on the Sega Saturn, the JRPGs. How much is Dragon Force? Because that one was amazing. Oh, dude, you know how bad it it bugs me that there is a I never knew there's a Panzer Dragoon JRPG, mm-hmm. Panzer Dragoon Saga, a thousand dollars just <laughs> for the game. A th- thousand dollars a thousand okay dang that is that is beyond because that's with before the system saturn's also not cheap now no so. yeah i bet i i loved the controller of the sega saturn one of my it favorites. was the perfect evolution of that original genesis genesis slash mega drive gamepad right it was done right it was yeah. where it was like sega i think to this day Sega could have kept making systems with that controller. Easy money. Yeah. But I don't know about easy money, but the fight pads I usually like the best are the ones that are modeled like on the, that. Yep. yep. Um, so I would say uh only I never had a Jaguar. I never had a three DO. I knew a kid that had a three DO. Um, never had a CDI. Never had uh I'm trying to think of other obscure it's systems. Not a system but i knew a guy who had that game steel battalion do you remember that oh my god for the original xbox with the 80 button controller yes yeah, so steel battalion was a first person mech controlling game and at the time i think it was a hundred bucks or 150 bucks yeah it's pretty expensive it came with its own control yeah it came with a controller the size of a casio keyboard that was huge that had 80 <laughs> different buttons so like this super immersive fucking mech uh dashboard controller with like an eject button and buttons for all the different buttons systems fucking windshield wipers yeah. yeah uh i never played did you you I, knew I, some i did yeah i mean i we were terrible at it like you know he he bought it for kind of like novelty's sake i, I don't know that it's even it, the but... me- most well-regarded game i, don't I think, think so. it's mainly known for having that batshit insane controller <laughs> now i do have i would have loved to have been in the pitch meeting with that oh my Whew. god 80 buttons. 80. Okay, look. <laughs> this is how we make a name for us, ourselves. And you, the the crazy thing about... That's for one game! Just one. You're never going to use that shit for anything else unless yeah. they come out with a sequel, maybe. Yeah, I don't know if there are any other games that are compatible with that controller. <laughs> I'm sure there's a Twitch somewhere with somebody beating Dark Souls on yeah, that bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So probably the most I have two for maybe obscure systems. One of them, real goofy, but I had a PlayStation T. I still have it. The PlayStation TV system. Oh, cool! Yeah, the PlayStation TV system was this little micro console that was basically a tiny PS Vita that you played on your TV. There's no screen in it. It's literally you know three inches by three inches square. This tiny little console, and you can hook up Ethernet to it. You can use PlayStation controller. I got it because they were getting fire sold, sailed out. Like, you know, I think they were 100, 150 bucks, maybe even 200 when they first came out. They were getting clearanced out for 20 bucks at GameStop. And I was like, oh, I can play some stuff on that. <laughs> it was before I had my PlayStation 4, too. Mm-hmm. So at this time, I'm rocking a launch Xbox One. That's it. That's what I'm playing my games on. So I get this and primarily use it to play 
Persona 4. That's the first time I played that. Uh, I replayed Xeno Gears on it because you could play PlayStation 1 games on it. Cool game. Just this tiny little... I think it's really neat. I think it's... That is very cool. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one was one of maybe my biggest gaming mistakes. And that was backing a system known as the Retro Engine Sigma. Oof. I remember on this Indiegogo. Drama. So... A couple of years ago, I want to say two or three years ago, it seemed like the whole, to me at least, the whole Raspberry Pi emulation mini console that you could build yourself craze popped off in a big way. Like I went from not knowing anything about it to they're everywhere and I hear people talking about them everywhere. And like, I don't know why, but I was like, "Ah, I don't know that I could set one of those up and figure that out. So this company comes wrong. Retro Engine Sigma. They're going to be building a tiny little micro uh, emulation console. Doesn't have any games on it, but it's got all the emulators on it. You got to load your own games on there. <laughs> and they say it's super easy, super easy to use, plug and play. Be playing in minutes, playing your favorite ROMs in minutes. And I'm thinking. Boy, howdy, does that sound neat? It does. Because the amount, you, you, I start calculating the amount of storage on this little thing. I can put the entire NES library, Mega Drive, say, like I could have full libraries for all these systems on this little console. Yikes. Uh, <laughs> the piece just fell off my mic. Um, so I back it, you know, I think it was 125 bucks, 150 bucks. First time ever crowdfunding something. And then, you know, it gets delayed. I was kind of expecting that to happen. Uh, but one day it finally shows up. And boy, am I excited. Been following the tracking. Have mountains <laughs> of ROMs downloaded ready and ready to go. And the concept of how this works is you plug it in, you sign it into your Wi-Fi network, and then you transfer the ROMs from your computer to the retro engine Sigma and you're good to go. It never turned on. I plugged it in and the light came on and never outputted any fucking signal. Restarted it, messed with it for probably three hours, wasted my Friday night, you know? So now I'm like, okay, I guess I got a fucking faulty unit. I emailed them. Never hear back to this day. Have never heard back. Ugh. I find a Facebook group of people that backed it and everybody's complaining. So I email them again. I contact my credit card place to try and get a refund. Like I'm angry. This is clearly a huge fucking scam that's just gone down, right? One day, two months later, another retro engine Sigma just shows up on my doorstep. I have two of these things now. And I was like, what the, f why did they send me another one? All right, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> Why not? Plugged it in. It never turned on. <laughs> Same thing. Why don't you have another one? <laughs> so, you know what I did after that? I ordered a build-it-yourself Raspberry Pi kit, and three days later, I was playing a fucking Splatterhouse Whatever from the Turbo Graphics on my TV, all fat and happy. What it should have done from the beginning. But I tried to be lazy and be like, oh. All right. Raspberry Pis are great. Um, we got a voicemail, and then that'll be it for this episode. This is from this is from Neil. So he sent us a voicemail. All right, cool. 
What's up, Paws and Steve? Uh, this is your boy, Neil, calling from the Windy City. Uh, just wanted to say I really love the new podcast. Uh, I was listening to Blue Harvest and have written in a bunch, but uh, definitely nice to uh, hear you guys talk about one of my other passions, which is video games. So, again, awesome. Love it. Uh, definitely had a question about uh, soundtracks for games. So how important is that to you? Do you, you know, pump it up to full volume and it really engrosses you? Or is it something where you turn it off and just listen to a podcast or listen to other music? Um, good example is Mick Gordon's soundtrack for the 2016 Doom reboot is by far one of the best heavy metal soundtracks and totally engrosses you in that game to the point where I just turn my TV up every time I'm playing that. Um, a good example that doesn't engross you is like the Halo 4 soundtrack. You know, every other Halo soundtrack had a bunch of engrossing hits on it, things that kind of made it distinct, uh, but with Halo 4, just kind of subdued. I kind of really didn't even notice it half the time. So what do you guys think? Let me know. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Bye. I like this question, Neil. I like it a lot. Yeah, thanks for, for calling in, man. I really appreciate it. Shout out to Chi-Town. Um, I've been through there. I have to fuck the bears. I'm a Packers fan, but uh, <laughs> respect Neil. Uh, great band. Russian circles came from there. I love them. Um, but soundtracks, man. And he brought up doom, which yeah. is, I mean, is incredible. I just finished doom eternal. Yeah. And I mean, you want to talk about just a badass soundtrack. Yeah. I totally, it gets you in a demon killing mood and I crank that shit, but there are definitely times, but it's more of like, when I would be playing like World of Warcraft back in the day yes. or Destiny like a few years ago where you're playing like something grindy, mm-hmm. then I'll put on a podcast or, you know, or some music of my own and still yeah. listen to the game soundtrack. Dude, I think the soundtrack in a lot of ways is one of the most important like in making a game super memorable to me, right? When well done. When mm-hmm. well done. Like, you know, I love the Mass Effect series. The soundtrack for Mass Effect 1 specifically elevates that game, for me, higher than it probably should be. Because even in its legendary form, it's still rough around the edges. It's probably the best version, but still rough around the edges. That soundtrack, though, really fucking does it for me. Um, Final Fantasy games. Yeah, like, just, just throughout the... We mentioned on the last one yeah. the, the, how much we love the music in those games. Um, ne- the Nier games have an ex- both of them excellent soundtracks. Okay, here is a night and day comparison of the same studio doing really good video game music and then doing really annoying video game music. The Witcher 3's soundtrack, so good. So, so good. Like with the weird chanting battle theme that it does and stuff. So appropriate. I do like, like that. Used appropriately and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then cyberpunk 2027 2077 whatever felt like 2027 the fucking battle music in that game like so you know you're walking around night city you're doing stuff it looks cool oh there's keanu reeves every time you get into a fight it plays the same fucking techno beat cyberpunk music that doesn't change and I heard the first time I heard it I was like it's okay. I did not want to hear it 4000 more times. Right. And like you that's what you hear most of the game and it's the same feels like one minute loop mm-hmm. that goes over and over again. 
I've been that's interesting you say that. I've been playing a lot of Hotline Miami lately and their soundtrack, I love it. It's mm-hmm. it, and it's kind of similar. Now, it's a little different. They change it from level to level. So you're not constantly hearing the same thing. And they used actual bands on that soundtrack as well. Yeah, was that band I meant to ask you this. That band you Sword of Magic, Magic Sword, Magic Sword. Yeah. Are they one of the bands from Hat- I, Hotline? I Man? feel like maybe uh, them, Carpenter Brute, another band called per- Perturbator, which is a great band name. But the, you know it, that works really well, and a lot of it is is repetitive. But at the same time, in the game, it works incredibly well. Yes, um, but it's maybe not for everybody. But I would definitely recommend that. Man, it's tough because. Thankfully, there's more music that I do like than I don't like. Like, in Demon Souls, you're playing, like, there's no music. Yeah, they saved the music for the boss fights. Yeah, you're playing, and it adds to this weird, desolate, depressing mood that Demon Souls, you're like, you're going into what was clearly this once beautiful fucking kingdom that's being ravaged by dragons. There's zombies everywhere. Anybody that you meet that's not a zombie, clearly insane. You know what I mean? It just adds this neat ambience. So what you're hearing is like, you know, the sounds of the monsters and the weather effects and stuff. But then you go through that fog door and come up on the boss and the music comes the up. The strings start to swell. <laughs> it, it, I'm not joking. It just gave me goosebumps. It gave me goosebumps every time playing the game. It's a, it's a great example because they, they've done that throughout their careers with From. And they have banging boss themes. Banging boss Bang. themes. So, hey, I want to play a clip of this band for them real quick. Because you sent me this and then I ended up listening to them on Spotify. Um for like two days at work. <laughs> Got behind my podcast and stuff. This is Magic Sword, and this is one of the bands, like we said, worked on. I'm not gonna play much of it. That's what the cyberpunk soundtrack should have been, yes. right? Mm-hmm. To me, that sounds more cyberpunk. I and totally I agree. That's the thing. I, you could probably tell me there was good music in cyberpunk, and I would believe you, but it never stood out to me. Mm-hmm. The music in Ghost of Tsushima, amazing, mm-hmm. understated. But like, uh, the, when they mix the music and the sound design of the game, and get that perfect balance like in Ghost of Tsushima where you have the music and then like the sound of the wind going through the grass and leading you to a collectible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you can get it working together in harmony like that, it's really impressive. Yeah. I, I thought it was interesting that he brought up 
Halo 3 versus Halo, f- or well, just Halo 4. Yeah. And, you know, I, I would imagine that's because Bungie was no longer in charge of the sound design Probably. at that point. Marty O'Donnell, who is a great composer. Yeah. You know, he's written some iconic shit. Oh. I mean, I think that's all that really needs to be said there, right? I agree. So, guys, thanks uh, for hanging out with us and being having a little bit of a tangenty discussion and hearing from you guys. Once again, if you want to be part of the show, email, voicemail, highpotionpod at gmail.com. Um, make sure to leave us those iTunes reviews because much like our buddy Red Fox. Uh, yeah. Red Fox. I think that's what his name was. Uh. Red Fox M. Red Fox M18. M18. Red Fox M18. Red Fox M18. You could be a winner. Win a $20 gift card to whatever store you use. Congratulations, man. Yeah. Um, And until next time, I hope you guys, uh, I don't know, playing some video games, have a good time. Yeah. We'll see you in a week. Yeah, we'll see you in a week. Uh, Bye.